Welcome. This is my truth as a platform for honest, open conversations. The stories I share or that others share are often not spoken about or discussed, but once told, I believe they have the ability to shine a light on another perspective or a much needed conversation. These stories may make us laugh, some may make us cry, but together we will learn from one another and begin to heal. Because walls need to be torn down, masks need to come off, stories need to be heard in order for our truths to be told. This is my truth. Will you tell me yours? Hi everyone, welcome back. I am really, really happy to share with you today a conversation that I had with Anastasia Washington. And we touch on so many different things in this conversation. Anastasia shares a really raw story around her journey with an eating disorder. Um, But what I think is prevalent in our conversation, and Anastasia actually says this at the end, is there's so many layers to all of us. And, you know, we often use the metaphor in the business world of an iceberg, right? There's, you see the tip of the iceberg, but there's so much more underneath. And I think that that metaphor is true of all of us as, as individuals as well. And Anastasia and I have a conversation around how as humans, we can better interact with one another if we are recognizing that we're all icebergs and that what we might show the outside world may not be exactly how we're feeling or we're perceiving ourselves on the inside. So take a listen. Let me know if the iceberg metaphor resonates with you, or maybe there's another metaphor that I haven't talked about, but I'm really excited to share this conversation with Anastasia because we touch on so many different things that I think all of us can relate to. So sit back, plug in your AirPods, and enjoy. Anastasia, I am so excited to have this conversation with you. I've loved all of our conversations prior to this, so I know this will be a good one. (laughs) Same. I'm so excited. Um, Before um, we jump in, I always like to ask a question of what is the truth you like to share today? What's the truth I want to share today? I guess um, I want to share the truth of of anxiety coming up in different formats, you know, um, that you just don't know how it's going to manifest. And, um, and I had a unique way it manifests a few years ago. So, um, yeah, I guess you just don't know how it's manifesting in other people. So like, be kind, (laughs) (laughs) you know, be kind because you don't know what everyone's going through. Um, And then when people do share their truth with you to like be open to receiving that truth in whatever format they delivered it and like trying not to be judgmental about it, you know, (laughs) putting your own spin because of your stuff, (laughs) your own stuff. 
I think one of the hardest things we can do is, and I talk about this in couples therapy, our therapist likes to remind us, is like, we always want to solve, right? So like Mm -hmm. when someone shares something, like instead of just holding, to use like a therapy term, instead of holding that space for them and just listening and being there, we automatically go towards solving. Yeah. And I think that is, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say, and sometimes we bring in our own judgments of ourselves Mm -hmm. into that situation and we don't mean to, but it is like almost like emotional vomiting on on their their stuff. A hundred, a hundred percent. So if you don't mind sharing, um, you know, I, I can completely relate to anxiety manifesting. In fact, before we hit record, we were talking about how, um, I'm really good at like holding things in and then it explodes in lots of ways. So what did that look like for you? Well, it actually was an eating disorder, which I always thought I didn't actually have an eating disorder because an eating disorder to me was somebody that stopped eating or overate or was skinny or was like, you know, intentionally making themselves throw up. And it was, um, it was going to hypnotherapy and going to um, a nutritionist that was about like resetting, like getting away from dieting um, that basically told me, she like looked at me and she goes, you have an eating disorder. And I was like, no, I don't. And she's like, yeah, you do. Yours is an emotional eating disorder. All eating disorders are emotional, but do you, do you see how often you throw up because you're sick? And I was like, Yeah. And she's like, well, you're, think about it. Like what triggers it, right? So it would be judgment on myself or somebody else saying something about my food or something else like that. And I would literally get so emotionally upset, I would vomit. And like, that is a form of eating disorder. It's a di- it's such a weird one. It's such a weird, strange one. And then when I started telling people about it, cause I'm a curvy model, and I'm very proud of my shape and stuff like that. There's like a, there's like an underlying, there's like, I'm very confident at the same time as being very unconfident. <laughs> it's the weirdest, like, it's layers, right? There's layers yeah, to us all. hundred percent. Um, but so when I started saying, you know, when I finally identified the problem and was working through the problem, I found when I shared it, people were like, but you're, and I was like, what, plus size? Yeah eating disorders come in different sizes (laughs) and uh anxiety comes in different ways I mean I was completely shocked I'm not gonna lie when I when I I was in complete denial that that was even something that existed because nobody has ever like talked about like the ways that things can present itself like that we we have a dramatization in our mind of what anxiety looks like and, and, and eating disorders look like based on media. And we're like, exactly. Yeah. We're like, if we don't fit that, then I'm fine. (laughs) Well, and I think it goes back to what we were talking about a little earlier, right. In terms of your own perceptions or your own judgments then are reflected back in when you're, in when you're sharing. And what I have found is when, you know, people are not talking about and or open to hearing different perspectives, then right, then it then your image of what an eating disorder looks like is all you know from 
the media or through stories of friends of friends or, or whatever that is. So your, your viewpoint is shaped by what you know. And then if people aren't talking about the alternative and alternative is not the right word, I'm not using the right word, but the other ways things manifest, yeah. the other different forms, yeah. the other different like, forms, it, like then. So thank you first and foremost for, for sharing your story. No I think it's important because I mean, I grew up in Los Angeles and I started acting at a very young, young age. And I think some of the norms that I found out were not normal. <laughs> um, as, and, it, and listen, I'm in, my, I'm in my late 30s now. And it took years for me to break some of these things or like find out that that's not normal. Um, but it is kind of normal out here. That's not necessarily a healthy normal. <laughs> you know, like... What? What's an example of that? Like, what do you mean by that? Um, I think, um, like, eating disorders are very common. And the, the different varieties of eating disorders out here are very common. And the way that we talk about our bodies is very harsh. The, the things that we can say to each other over a meal is very, you know, I think the South has this a lot, too. My mom is from New Orleans. She has a very Southern way of being. And when I started exploring eating healthier and having a better food dialogue one of the biggest things I had to do was discuss with my mom like that's not cool to say to me and she wasn't doing it as a, a from a place of meanness or this just the culturally like this okay. is the kind of stuff they say and so I had to start even doing that with my friends like listen um like, I just don't, like, I don't, I can't hear your food dialogue either. Like, if we're like, if I'm hungry, I'm walking around, I'm like, I'm hungry. And they're like, we just ate. Like, don't say that. Yeah. That's a judgment. I can eat whenever I want. If you're not hungry, just don't eat. You know what I mean? Like, and also if I'm not hungry, they're like, oh, well, it's our cheat day. Just eat. Like, no, if I decided that I don't want to eat, also just back off. Like, we, it, like, we want partners in crime in some of our stuff right like yeah. we want partners in crime in our disorder <laughs> whatever disorder that is at the time whether it is like binging that day and eating everything that we say well if somebody else is not into that then we have this like guilt dialogue with them and we don't need yeah. to like and I had to call it out on my family and my friends and I had to call it out on myself I had to be like no you know, uh, with quarantine, I had to really, um, talk to myself in the last couple of weeks. Cause I was, I was like, I'm not, I don't have an eating disorder anymore. I'm cool. Um, and so then I started Weight Watchers and Weight Watchers is a great program. It's a great program for people that don't have disordered eating. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started writing this, um, this comedy that I'm um, producing um, during quarantine about eating disorders. And I started writing this character who was so, so like, you know, over the top measuring everything. And then, and I, I'm writing it with my friends and they're like, Oh yeah, kind of like you. And I'm like, um, so I'm quitting Weight Watchers. <laughs> so I haven't dieted anymore. Like, it's just like, you know, like, it's just like these realizations. I think it's really cool when you like 
make create things and you start realizing things about yourself you know like the more i write the more i produce different content the more i see this myself in there and go hey that's cool of me or hey that's not cool of me. you know it's well, weird I think, I think for me writing is a lot of times and i don't mean to sound weird by saying this but it's like my unconscious coming out like it's sort of because i write in the early before my husband and my kids get up and it's usually gibberish, like 99.9%. Like I cannot read my own handwriting, um, which is fine. Cause it's whatever I need to get out. Like to get out your morning, your morning pages. My, exactly. My morning pages. Like tomorrow morning, I'll probably be pitching about the roofers next door and to release the, whatever anger they're causing, um, <laughs> or not. Um, yeah, right. And so I, I think it is like when I, when I can legibly read what I'm writing and I go back, I'm like, oh, like that was either really insightful or like, what, what is happening here? <laughs> You're like, I don't know. Yeah. I think it, it's weird. Cause I, I'm a comedian and, um, I, for a while was just kind of like surface level jokes and stuff like that. And then like in the last few years, I really like dug into like my personality and, and like what, which is how you evolve as a comedian is how you evolve as a performer. And the things that I was scared to share with people, I find is really what's resonating with people. Like just the honesty of who I am is just so much freer. It's also helping me in some ways, you know? <laughs> well, it's interesting that you say that as an an actor and a performer, but I actually think that it like that's true of like just being a human. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. But I, I mean, it's interesting that my my creative side, my my job, my career um is benefiting from honesty, which is what I was afraid to share because I was like, oh no, if I share eating disorders, if I share fear, if I share uh, anxiety, if I share uh, insecurity about being light-skinned, like all that stuff, nobody's going to get it and everyone's going to be upset. And yeah, there's some people that are upset, you know, but those aren't your people. Those aren't my people. And I had to get to a point where I was like, that's just not my demographic in life too. When I share certain things and I get a certain way, I'm like, you know, I have to take it like you're the producer of your own life. And you can just be like, not my scene, not my demographic. Let's move on. <laughs> I love that though. You know what I mean? I yeah, it's interesting. I love that. I, I've been on this weird, not weird. I've been on this, let's call it personal discovery. I'm going to call it discovery. I don't like development. Um, journey to sort of like refine myself over the last year and a half. And recently I have found myself coming up against a ton of like fears. Um, mm. and I have this fear of, this is going to sound bizarre, but I have this fear of like failure, but also being successful. It's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, no, it makes so much sense. It's, I think most women have it to be honest. Probably. Yeah. Um, and I, I've been doing, I have been doing a lot of journaling around sort of like what my fears are and mm -hmm. what I kept coming back to actually right before this, um, for the first time ever I did breath work 
And it was like the most amazing experience of my entire life. Um, And if you have the opportunity and have the affordability to do it, I would recommend it um, to any, anyone listening. But what kept coming to me was like, you, you know what you want to say, like, Mm -hmm. just take the leap and say it. And it was this, you know, like a reminder of we are all strong. We all have a voice and I love that you call it like the producer of your life because it's so true. And I think for me, I sometimes let society or others or that like, you know, demonic voice in my head um, get in the way. Uh, And absolutely, absolutely. Like I, I, I spent most of my life and let's, let's face it. Even now I'm a people pleaser. I love to, to, I, I go be above and beyond for people t- to the extent where sometimes I don't take care of myself. Right. And so yeah. in the last few years, I've been really like, it'd be nice if I took care of myself more, but that's still something I have to consciously say to myself. That's still something. And I'm still, I'm still a giver. And I don't necessarily want to change all of that. I had to like find the line mm-hmm. and go, cause people were like, well, just stop giving, just stop, you know, just change that. But that's me. And I like, I have to say, I like me. So if I like me, I just need to protect me more. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you know, I just like, I don't want to change everything about me. I just want to change boundaries, I guess. That's what it is, right? Yeah. You know, I think for, for so long, I lost who I was. Like I, I became, you know, they say like when you become a parent, like you, your identity becomes like your kids. And I like Mm. felt that. And while I love my children dearly, I did not want to just be like Lucy and Quinn's mom. And what I realized, right. which is what I think you're saying is to be the best partner, to be the best mom, to be the best me. I had me first. Yeah. Which is weird. <laughs> so weird. And it's, it's funny, such a like, weird feeling. <laughs> when I talk to friends about it, right? They're like, you know, you get similar to how we started this conversation. You get the judgment. You get the like, well, like that's just what you do. You like give up your life and you become a mom. And it's like, well, like, great. If that is what you want to do, fine. But I'm sitting here saying that that's not what works for me and that's not what fills me up and you know gets me out of bed every day. And Again, don't get me wrong. I love my children dearly, but I'm a much better human when I am sitting with myself, understanding what my boundaries are and, you know, holding to them and then asking, not even asking, but like just saying like, I need to get outside today. Like we're going to go for a walk. Yeah. Yeah. Taking care of yourself. I I, am, I I forgot what self-help book probably said this. But it's like, you know, when your plane is going down, you put your mask on first before helping others. A hundred percent. And it's true. Like I can't be passing out in the corner um and 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 helping you with my last breath. I'm not gonna be helpful, you know, like I'm it, it, I could be so much more helpful if I took care of myself. And that that's that's a thing that I've learned in the last few years, I think. Um as I talk about, like, as I feel like it's almost my, my time to, like, start a family, find the guy, and do the that, and do that, 
even though I'm getting pressure from my 10 year old niece about it. (laughs) Um, You know, like as my mindset gets more towards that, you know, Um, even though like I've always known from like young age, I want a family, I want a partner, I want, I want a family, you know, unit. Yes, I could have a baby on my own, but to me, I want a family. Like I want, that's just my plan. That's my feel. Um, but in the last couple of years, I felt more myself and more able to be a partner and more able to be bringing alive the family unit that I want. I think it's just working on me, you know, like figuring that, that speed out and giving room for it too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I can only speak for myself, but I think for so long I was craving that, but I was so scared. Like I was almost scared of who I was. Um, I was and to the point where I'd forgotten who I was. Like yeah. I became a, a cliche term, but I became a shell of myself. And not to say like, if you looked, you know, if any, anyone who I know very well, like listens to this, they're going to be like, but you looked like you had your shit together. And like on the outside yeah. I did like I, and I still do, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I had, two kids and my husband and I have been married for almost eight years and we have a house and whatever. Like we have all this quote unquote things that society tells us that we should have, but I didn't, I didn't feel whole on the inside. And now a year, even just a year and a half. And I, I think that this is a journey that you never, once you're on it, you never necessarily off it. Right. And it's just, you're right. Like I also feel like I'm a better partner and, and more open to all opportunities now. Yeah. I think for me, I wasn't always making the best people choices. Um, I remember with my, one of my exes, he'd be, you know, like you, I don't know, like you have that discussion kind of like, Oh, what if we got pregnant? And I'd be, and I remember when he asked me, he goes like, what if we got pregnant? And I'd be like, I think I would break up with you. And he's like, he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I, I think I could bring, I could, I can deal with this, but I don't think I'd want to bring a kid into it. <laughs> he's like, that's really mean. And I was like, it's just an insight. <laughs> it's just an insight of me going Mm, this uh, this is like me knowing that um this is not a good activity but at least I'm going at it alone <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean yeah. and so I think now that I I mean I always was very aware of like some of my destructive tendencies I guess but now I'm just like I don't have time for destructive tendencies I just don't have the energy I don't want to do it it's so painful and exhausting (laughs) I'm just like I don't have the energy to to be in bad relationships and and do and and let bad friendships even like cloud my whole time because that is you know a whole nother energy (laughs) like that is bogging you down like I can't I I can't do it (laughs) I can't do toxic stuff anymore I, the way that I think about it, like, I, I wholeheartedly agree. It's like, I'm done with the BS. Yeah. I'm just, it's just The BS meter. 
you know, like the, it is very low. Like the, what I can take is, is lowered. <laughs> like, I mean, I can still take a little BS and sometimes <laughs> I can roll my eyes at you. And there's certain friends that, or there's certain people in your life. Like I have difficult family members and it's like, well, I love you. I'm going to put a boundary up, <laughs> but obviously you're going to be in my life and I'm going to have a lot of eye rolling. <laughs> right. But I, I can't sever you completely. Um, but like you can, you can definitely make it easier on yourself by not investing in the BS. Cause yeah. I used to invest in the BS. Oh, a hundred percent. Like I would, um, yeah. you know, this, it'd be like, I'd be on the text message side with this yeah. and it would, and now I'm just like, you know what? Like you do you. Yeah. You want to do that? That's great. I don't, I'm out. Yeah. I just be like, I have other things to do. Even in quarantine, I have better things to do. <laughs> you know, I do. There's other stuff. <laughs> There's a few things I can do better than this. Even if it's just watching a stupid television show that makes me feel better, it's better than this. Bye. hundred percent. Um, and you know, I remember when I first started this, this journey, like someone was like, you know, just like, ask yourself like what you need. And I was like, like, like what? And you know, now I still sort of roll my eyes internally a little bit about it, but like, I do think there is value in just like pausing and being like, okay, like, but you know, is it, is it just like a Netflix and like hang yeah. out like and relax or like, do I need a, a book that is going to like stimulate my brain or do I need just like a trashy romance novel like yeah what do you need anything in between that Um, and the guilt about it like I used to have a lot of guilt about like and I still am like a workaholic um like I watch tv answering emails and starting like and I shouldn't like that shouldn't be the way I do things but I do have a lot less guilt about some of my guilty pleasures like I am a true crime fanatic I used to get a lot of guilt about watching horror movies and I just don't care anymore. You know, like I fall asleep to a Stephen King novel every night on audible. Like I, I listen to an audiobook, and people are always like, that's so weird. You'll have such bad dreams and you, how can you like that stuff? And, and like, I go, you know, it helps me. It's, it helps me, exactly. you know? And it, and um, both me and my mom are survivors of, of, violence and and um you know assault and for some reason we're very addicted to watching all that stuff and I go I mean there's something about it that comforts us <laughs> I don't know I don't know how to say it I think it's something about a survivor yeah watching other people survive <laughs> yeah. I don't know it's something like that I have no idea why it is but it's it's something that makes gives me comfort well, and I think it goes back to how we started this conversation yeah. candidly, which is we all are, we're all humans. We're all figuring out this crazy thing called life. And it would be a hell of a lot easier if we all approached situations and conversations with empathy. And what I mean by empathy is um, like, literally putting yourself in another person's shoes. Like, I love how you started the conversation. Like you never know what someone is going through. And I, you know, for me, my journey with infertility was my aha moment where I actually published an article 
that I called taking the mask off of infertility. And it was this moment, I wrote about a moment of me on the subway here in Chicago, the L and like staring at my reflection. I was commuting into work and having this moment of like, I look put like, I look put together. Like no one would know that I literally just lost my son. I was in my second trimester of my pregnancy and my, that that eye roll, that tear eye roll. Right. Yes, exactly. (sighs) Suck it back in. Suck it back in. Um, and to me, that was my aha moment. And, you know, unfortunately it was later in life, but where you literally never know what someone is going through and mm-hmm. they can look like they have their shit put together or maybe they don't. And it doesn't matter because you just never know. And pe- and we process things so differently. We, we all, I think we're so judgmental about grief. We're so judgmental about anxiety and depression and stuff like that and I just don't think you can judge those kind of things like people will be like well she's not grieving right or she's not doing this um I hear that a lot in true crime and I and I look at it and I and I know how I grieved you know in different circumstances like when I lost my father it was a different kind of grief than recently when I lost my cousin completely different kind of grief manifested in such weird ways and people trying to be there for you in their way. And like they're there, it's just, it's just, it's so, it's such a spectrum. There's so many different ways that things can, then can come up that I just think that we need to be very kind to people and check in with them like if they're going through anxiety, if they're going through grief, if everybody going through quarantine right now is going through it in in different ways and stuff like that and just reaching out and seeing what they need. And even if it's like just saying like, you doing cool. And like, if they're like, I need to zoom, I need to not zoom, I need to unplug, I need to watch stupid movie. Like, and that might be day to day, like it changes. Like it's just emotions and the mind are very strange and um i just think the ultimate thing that i see around the world is that we need kindness and empathy to just and not to take so much things personally like sometimes just people can't process it the right way right now and that's okay (laughs) you know as long as they're not being super destructive that (laughs) then intervene I also think if someone's being an asshole, it's okay to just say, like, you're being an asshole. <laughs> right, right. And, and then there's being, like, an asshole, and then there's being, like, unable to process something, so you're being snippy or snarky or... Exactly. Yeah. And then that, and that when I see that, I'm like, okay, you need a moment. I get it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but I get it, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just... It's, it's, it's hard. I see a lot less empathy and kindness right now. And I'm just like, like, even some of my friends have guilt about how they're feeling in quarantine. They're like, well, everybody's going through it. And I'm like, that doesn't mean that you can't feel upset. Everyone's feeling upset. That doesn't mean that you can't feel upset. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and I, I think that it just goes back to, so um, someone had given me for the holidays a uh, the book, I Really Needed This Today by Hoda, I'm blanking on her last name. Oh, um, show. Cop- isn't it like it's coffee? Okay. Yeah, something like that. Or a coffee. Um, and in one of, I'm like, I 
typical me. I'm not like following it by the dates. Oh, well. Okay. Um, I just, I just go to like what I need that day, but there's this one quote um, and it says, um, do not judge her. You do not know the path that I asked her to go down. I think it's from God or I think that's who she quoted from, whatever. Um, And I, I always come back to that because it's so true. Like, you just don't know. Yeah. And it's okay. It's okay to feel how you are feeling. Absolutely. It is. And uh, I think we need to forgive ourselves sometimes Mm -hmm. when we have, uh, when we're feeling a certain way, you know, (laughs) a lot of times we need to forgive ourselves. Um, And having, I mean, the journey that you've had and the journey that I've had, we, needed to be kind to ourselves and we are both it seems like people that just go 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 help 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 others and then stuff 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 down <laughs> very good at that <laughs> just stuff this stuff 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 <laughs> down um i'm learning to like de stuff little little fl- like uh, trying to get a little fluff out here and there instead of just like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But it's a process. <laughs> it is a process. What I'm learning is you name it. <laughs> name it. Name, name it. it. And then and then I say, I need time to process this. I'll come back to you in 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. I need time to process. I like that. I like that. <laughs> it's like it's like I have a lot of irrational like anxiety. And I think it comes from being a child actor, just like always being just like evaluated from a very young age but I'll, I'll yeah. often talk to my mom and be like I know this is completely irrational and it's not based in anything that's happening right now but I think everybody hates me and she'll be like mm, at least you know it's irrational and I'm like okay go. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just where I'm at I don't need any comments I don't need any, like, I just need yeah. some, you to know that the whole world hates me <laughs> okay that's cool. enough right. well okay, and right. I think the other thing that I've learned too right is um, going back to something we were talking about earlier when people feel like they need to like solve for you. Like what I've oh, learned yeah. is, you know, and I, I use this with my husband is like, I'll say to him, like, I just need to, I just need to say this. Like, I don't need you to give me feedback. I don't need, like, if I don't need it yeah. then, like, so I'm learning also to like state what I need from another person in order to feel like my, I've set my boundaries and then they can like respect them. Yeah, I think it's it's good when you know that there's a boundary, right? Like sometimes I don't know when there's a boundary, and like I have to, I have to now at least state that. I remember I had a really big argument with one of my really close friends around the time that my cousin died last year, and she was like, "I just don't know what you need," and I and I literally like exploded and I was like, "Cause I don't know what I need." She's like, she's like, just tell me what you need. I was like, I don't know. If I knew, I'd tell you. I don't know. I don't know what I need. And, you know, like the honesty of that with each other, it got us through that, that, that argument. Cause it was not, the argument was nothing. It was like, it was like, I don't know how to be there for you. I need you to be there for me. I don't know how I need you to be there for me, but I need you to be there for yeah, me. Like, I just need you. <laughs> I just need you. I don't know how I need you to be there. That's too much. That's not it. That's not it. <laughs> you know, like, just try stuff. Just try anything. Um, but I think being honest about that and having people that you can be honest about that with is, is a treasure. Like when you find people that can, you can literally be like the worst and blow up and, and 
hopefully with kindness blow up, <laughs> like not tearing other people down, but yeah. like, you know, just have a moment and just be like, I don't know, you know, I, I, I'm just having a low point and you can be snotty and messy. And, and that's like the, the biggest thing that I treasure now is just finding not a whole bunch of people like you can do that with, but a couple people that I can definitely be like gross, snotty and mess with. <laughs> and, you know, even if I say something insensitive in the moment, like, I don't know, <laughs> you know like they'll still be there, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. That's the gold. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, is there any part of your journey that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure we touch on? Hmm. I don't know. Um, I think I, I, the main thing I, I want to take away from this or for people listening is that there's so many layers to even your confidence, right? Like to people that watch my Instagram or watch me in YouTube or watch me on stage or whatever, I exude this like confidence. And at the same time, I am confident. I love, I love me. I love parts of me, but at the same time, I can cry about the fact that I have a love handle one day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's so weird. I, I used to, I had this conversation with one of my friends. He was like, oh, on the scale from one to 10, how hot do you think you are? And I kind of put a higher number. He goes, well, then why do you cry about weight loss? And I was like, because I can know that I'm pretty. I can know that I'm beautiful, but I can also know your standards and how you're judging me and how that makes me feel more than even how I feel. I can know how my opportunities are dried up by a certain thing. Thanks, Fiona, for that. <laughs> she supports just, me. Just uh, exclamation point. <laughs> exclamation point from my dog. Um, but like I can know how society views me and I can get anxious about that and I can get upset about that. But at the same time, understand and love where I'm coming from and who I am. This is just, a, it's, it's the constant layers that I'm dealing with, you know? I didn't have an eating disorder because I hated me. I had an eating disorder because I was scared and upset by people's comments about me. And that's hard when I picked a career very young that invites people to say whatever they want about you. But I love it. I love my career. I love me. I just have to figure out the other layer, <laughs> how to balance that other layer. Out. It's, a, it's weird. It's weird because I think a lot of performers have that multi-layer. Oh my God, my dog. <laughs> um, have that uh, that quandary going on that like multi-dimensional problem <laughs> well I think that is beautifully said and I think that can apply to so many different things yeah <laughs> Anastasia how can people continue to follow you on your journey well, you can find me at Anastasia W on Twitter, at Anastasia Watch on Instagram. I have a YouTube called Anastasia TV, um, where you can find comedy and stuff like that. I also do a podcast called Serial Killer, where we pair true crime and breakfast cereal. It's very uh, good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's remote right now, so it's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's how you can 
follow my journey. <laughs> well, thank you so much for this conversation. I loved it. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for spending time with me today. So here's the thing. When I started this journey for myself, I didn't know what to do once I admitted I wasn't happy. I felt relief for finally admitting that I was numb inside, but I didn't know what my next step should be. So I got help and I found a community. My goal with this podcast is to pay it forward. So I've just created a private Facebook community. And in this community, I hope to create a space where others can share their moments, big or small, that are part of your story. Because what I learned when going through this process myself is when you're not telling your story, someone else is telling it for you. So if you've ever had this little fire inside of you burning to share your story, if you ever heard this little voice encouraging you to write down your story, come join my Facebook community. In it, I'll be sharing more insights and truths of my own, and I'll also be sharing tips and journal prompts to get you to be starting down the path of getting comfortable sharing your story. This isn't easy, but I'm here to hold your hand because someone held my hand when I went through it myself. I look forward to seeing you there.